0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Do you hear that? That's my neighbors having a, a birthday party for their kids. Uh, A couple hours ago, it was cute. Everyone sang happy birthday. They had little kazoos. And now the parents are just drunk and the party's turned into a party for parents and not for the kids anymore. Isn't that that fun? I'm sure you can hear the firecrackers going off. That's a good time. Welcome to the Leaves of Glen podcast, uh, where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Uh, As you can tell, I have the sound of a crackling fireplace in the background. It's a bit... I've been doing for months now, and I don't think I'm going to let it go, uh, giving you the impression that I'm not recording in my basement, that I actually have a mansion, which is why I call it. This week, we're going to read The Warrior Made of Mars by Alfred Koppel. Uh, It's a story of planetary romance, (laughs) Uh, and uh, it's not the most skillfully crafted of tales. Uh, Alfred Koppel is born November 9th, 1921, and he died May 30th. Of uh, 2004, which is kind of interesting lasted kind of a long time Uh, I had a kid Nope, didn't have a kid yet by then I was in the process of making one And he died Uh, He was an American author Born in Oakland, California And he served as a fighter pilot in the United States Army Air Force During World War II Uh, After his discharge He he started a career as a writer And he became one of the most prolific Pulp authors of the 1950s and 60s Look, I'm going to be honest with you I got something weighing on me, uh, heavily, and uh, And, uh, for me to ignore it and try to just continue on with the show would be dishonest of me. Uh, It'd be dishonest, and uh, it would be an insult to you, the listener. As you may have heard me mention before, uh, I decided to spend my unemployment time getting on Twitter and trying to promote this crap show. Uh, and it's been okay. Uh, I met a lot of nice people, and uh, a few of them who are also uh, podcasters. Uh, they they are uh, supportive, nice people. And uh, but then, but then you run across a, just a, a collection of turds, and those turds are the turds of Ladies Fright Podcast, which you can find on any of your podcast apps of choice by searching for Ladies Fright Podcast, or you can find them on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at, at Ladies Fright um, Oh they Oh they have such a great time uh, Picking on old Glenn Old Glenn who's got nothing in his life Except for his cats And his basement Oh they make fun of the way Glenn talks Oh the way Glenn says France Or the way Glenn says Germany Oh they oh they just sit around and laugh about it Those Monsters so, I'm about to, uh, again, for the second time, show that I can pronounce things correctly. And uh, probably, if anything, I excel so well at it that it probably is what disturbs them the most about it. For example, let's look at how to pronounce the word France. 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 France! I'm saying it right. I'm saying it totally normal. I don't have some weird Midwestern accent like Fargo. Let's look at the word Germany. 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 I'm saying it fine. Let's go for other things that I'm sure that those uh, jerks over at Ladies Fight Podcast aren't prepared for. Let's look at the word Botswana. 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 I'm saying it right. Marrakesh? Sure, why not? I will accept any challenge. Marrakesh. 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 So, uh, I think I proved my point. Uh, let's even throw in a couple things that they're not ready for. Uh, cars. 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 Nah. what the heck, I don't know. Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Pork rinds! So, I think I've thoroughly destroyed their attempt at, uh, nope, nope. I'm worked into a lather right now, and there's no way I'm going to stop talking, even for the grandfather clock. So I've decided, uh, that I'm contemplating starting a Twitter world war. Uh, basically, where I ba- uh, go to war, talking smack talk about Ladies' Fright podcast, and uh, I gotta gather people around. Oh, the music stopped. Nope, gonna keep talking. Don't care. Uh, from words to ideas, Wanda. Over. If you look for that show on any of your podcast apps of choice, by looking for from words to ideas, or you can find Wanda uh, on Twitter for uh, at words underscore ideas underscore pod. I'm pretty sure Wanda's on my side. Oh, oh, she's a just a nasty lady. Oh, she'll get real mad. And I imagine she walks around carrying a knife, though she's never really said anything about that. Uh, then I got to look to uh, people that I don't really know where they stand, and if they're going to pick a side, like Kelly Madden, uh, at KellyMadden80 on Twitter. Uh, she seems like a nice lady. Uh, is she nice enough to back old Glenn? Uh, but she's a host for a show called Drunk Theory, which you can find on your podcast of choice, uh, you call it Drunk Theory. And if you look on Twitter at at Drunk Theory, uh, they're kind of like Switzerland. I don't really know where they stand. And if you don't know where someone stands, you can't look them in the eye and see where they stand, then, uh, eh, can you trust them? So that's it. I'm gathering up the forces. I'm getting ready because the way I speak is totally normal. Ugh, I'm working to a lather. All right, fine. Let's uh, let's dive into the story. The Warrior Made of Mars by Alfred Koppel. The small room was dark. Am I sweating? I swear I'm sweating. Well, I got real worked up. And there's my cat. The small room was dark, but for the flickering light of a single F-lamp. the hell's an F-lamp? E-F-dash-lamp. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Have we already started the thing from 1950s sci-fi novels where they just make up weird words that have no uh, connection to anything we can understand? Uh, That burned on the bare table between the two long rows of black hooded figures. Oh, the thin dry air was surcharged with the tenseness of a tautly drawn cord, dot, 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 a strangler's cord. A sentence of death had been passed in silence. Now the executioners balladed, still in silence, to select from their number a leader. The High Council of the Maldia was in session. Behind the dark enigmatic sable, masks and robes lurked all the might and hate of a proud, ancient and dying culture that might have a warlike world's aristocracy, the the hate that was the unreasoning distilled essence of a doomed world's bitterness. Oh, instead of three dots at the end of that, oh, we get four. Beneath the black cowl that shadowed his young face, tell us of Lars' eye-shadowed fierce pride as a Member after member pointed silently toward his end of the table. It seemed that the vote would be overwhelmingly in his favor. The, the tremor of anticipation ran through him. At the far end of the board, he could see his rival candidate's eyes glittering furiously. Oh, the Maldia, uh, another one of his sci-fi words, would not be led by brand. Uh, that much was certain. The assembled Knowles were quite plainly repudiating his leadership for that of the young Lord of Lars. None of this makes any sense. I have no idea what's going on. Outside the tower room, the icy wind shrieked and gambled uh, through the crannels of the ancient fortress like a harbinger of doom. The draughts set the candle flame to dancing crazily, and the long shadows leapt from uh, from wall to wall. Uh, Tell us. <laughs> Stretched his long legs out under the table. To him, the voting seemed unnecessary. Uh, prolonged, uh, yeah, pfft, and ritualistic, uh, but he knew better than to voice opposition to the customs that had been accepted in the Maldia since long before the lures. Oh, this whole book is going to be full of made up names. L A U R R S. I highly doubt that's a real thing of any type that anyone could say. Oh, yeah, that's a word. Glenn. Why are you being all picky? The dictator kings who took the name of the very planet for themselves had driven the society underground. Oh, the young warriors forced to admit that ritual and trappings were an unimportant part of the superstitious hold the Maldia had on the great masses of lore. Just that sentence right there is the rage. I'm full of... Ri- Angry Glenn. And with the populace cowed... Anything was possible. Even the lore himself would not care to face the unanimous disapproval of this massed hierarchy. Out of many lores, down through the eons of the planet's history, had fallen before the, the blades of Maldia assassins. Ooh, Maldia assassins. us watched the glittering eyes that peered out from behind the peaked mask that hid Prince Brand's handsome face. Ah, the mart he knew was defeated... And the rage seemed to surround him uh, like a line, Aureole, Aureole, O, oh, A-U-R-I-O-L-E. Is this going to be like some weird pronunciation of Areola? There's nothing in the descriptions on Wikipedia for that. That sucks. I want to know what an Aureole is. Brand would never be satisfied with the deputy command. Uh, that would be his for having been seconded the balloting. The man wanted full authority. Not command of the troops in the fields as TELUS had had, Brand was far too concentrated. Uh, With his own safety for that, he wanted command of the striking force of assassins that would murder the handful of invaders out in the desert. Uh, The victory over a few scientists, what, from another world would give Brand the renown he craved and at negligible risk (laughs) Uh, for all his dark talk about mystery weapons and pleas for caution. I want to get back to the scientists. Was there a period of time in this fake history where there were scientists with laser guns out in fields fighting? The only need for caution that Telus could see was the possible intervention of the Temple of Lore. And the Temple knew uh, nothing. And the lore could be handled by Telus. Ah, Telus looked around him, wishing the mass nobles would have done with it. "'It would not be a safe thing to have the temple learn "'that the Baldia uh, met in Telus's own palace quarters, oh, yeah, "'and he noted with satisfaction that the voting had ended. Uh, "'The shrieking wind outside uh, died suddenly, weird, "'leaving a thick silence. "'A black figure arose from either side of the table. Uh, "'Then one on the right turned toward Tellus, "'and its voice had a ooh, strange and disembodied timber ah, "'in the stillness.' Tellus of Lars, it said you lead. Oh Tellus inclined his head in the acceptance. Uh, Tacternity was part of the ancient tradition of Maldia. The figure on the left turned toward Brand a Brand a Prince of Lars, Oh you follow Brand heaved himself to his feet. I protest this insult, he said thickly. Why am I to uh, follow him? He's not even of royal birth. Oh, the robed figure on the left seemed uh, too tense. Its voice sounded suddenly almost metallic. You follow, it repeated desperately. Brand stood as resolutely. Two solid rows of shadows' faces turned toward him. Then Tellus spoke up softly, almost casually. A challenge, Brand, to decide. Oh, I followed, muttered Brand, sinking into his chair sullenly. Tellus smiled to himself. If ever a coward like Brand should pick up a a, a flung challenge. Oh, God, here we go. Surely the water goddess would throw down on the moons. Oh, we're getting all sorts of random sci-fi terminology right now. Slowly the hooded men... "'Filled, uh, filed, all right, from the room, leaving Tellus alone. "'For a moment, Bran paused by the door, and Tellus could see that he fingered—' "'Ooh, he fingered his sword uh, under the sable robes. "'I hope I put enough weight on that sentence to let you know what I was thinking. "'But he stood so, glaring at Tellus for only a minute. "'Then he was gone. "'From the darkness of the courtyard beneath the tower window came the sound of a—' "'Ah, uh, ooh, of a whistle. Tweet! "'And the Lord Tellus relaxed.' The bribe guardsman's signal indicated that the last member of Maldia had mounted his. his Sith? All right. And was safely away. Tell us! Felt a stirring of pride. Any victory was a pleasing thing to him. Ah, but tonight's smashing triumph over Brand was a, was a, was a thing the renegade princeling would long remember! Exclamation point. The Maldia had chosen to forget that he, ah, Tellus, had come uh, only from the lower nobility. His position as captain general of the Lore's army, as well as the real affection the ruler had for him, had been a large factor in the selection, and Tellus knew. The Maldia was certain that the old Lore was fond enough of his young captain general to overlook the breach of faith contemplated for the morning. And that's four dots. Tellus doffed his robes. Ooh, doffed. And dressed himself Mm, uh, with care. Always fastidious about his appearance, he he knew that this night his dress must be impeccable. The lore of lore was very particular about such things. Uh, with With a last hitch at his jeweled harness, that stationed himself before the polished onyx mirror. Uh, the image that gazed calmly back at him from its dark surface was sufficiently imposing. He reflected, even for the lore of lore. He was tall and well knit. Uh, the war harness, bright with gems, hung low on his hips. And that's kind of sassy. That's kind of like a little, uh, yeah, kind of like a little sexual edge. There. His long legs. Ooh, his long legs were bare, <laughs> and his chest covered only by the cross straps. That supported his weapons. Already, I am wet. The black Sith leader was studded with battle decorations. Oh, it would it would be well. Tell us reason to remind the lore of his many services to the throne. Tactically, perhaps, but never, nonetheless, firmly. All the gems won in the oh God the Gusky campaigns. I hate 50 sci-fi. Uh, and the last water war. <laughs> the wa- that's where he lost creativity. He's like, I, I can't think of another name for a war. Uh, let's just say the water war. We're there, as was the golden cross of the Lord's own knighthood, presented to Tellus by the hand whose blessing he planned to seek this very night. Glancing at his chromometer, uh, Tellus turned away from the mirror, though uh, through the high, narrow window of his palace quarters, the light of the nearer moon uh, streamed in golden glory. I don't think moons have golden light. Uh, Shaving the feeble light of the F-lamp. Talus stepped to the window, his gaze seeking the low hills beyond the still shallow waters of, of, the, of the Grand Canal. The beauty of the night, why not the, like, the b- Bloop Canal? Why don't just make up a cool name for it? Now, the beauty of the night caught at his breast, for even as he watched, the great orb of the father moon was rising sedately to add the light to the already fearsome glory of her racing sister. Ah, we got more than one moon here. Sweet. Below and across the palace grounds, the flickering lights of the city spread like a, like a web of living beads in the moonlight. As always... Uh, Talus felt a rush prime pride as he contemplated the beauty of the world. Uh, a great sadness filled him then, uh, for he knew uh, that such beauty could not last much longer. Uh, soon now, the, the sun would rise on a planet, a planet of death with four dots. Now, Talus shuddered and turned away. The beauty of the night faded, leaving only reality, uh, and reality was stark and deadly on lore. The water was vanishing, uh, and the great plains uh, that had once been green and fertile were now oxidized wastelands. Uh, Lars, far to the north, was deserted now, for the canal had silted up and life had become unbearable. Oh, that quickly. And now the great deserts of iron oxide stood at the very shores of the Grand Canal, and uh, what did flow down from the pole was barely enough to keep the watercourse free of red uh, silt. Eons ago, Before the great wars, like the water wars, that had almost wrecked the planet, the ancients had seen the drought coming. Oh, they'd known that the air, and that the water would steadily unite with Laura's thirsty iron, leaving the planet uh, eh, barren and desiccated beyond belief. Uh, They tried to plan for that day and had built the great waterways as uh, part of their conversation program. Oh, conservation program. Maybe? No, let's go with the first one. Conversation program. That sounds cooler. Other projects had been started. Mysterious power plants far out in the deserts with, with, with walls a, a foot thick. Pund had been built. Uh, but somehow nothing good had come from these mysterious temples. The first of the ten great water wars had begun even then. And the warring people of the planet had demanded weapons from these strange planets. After yeah, many generations... The engineer priests had refused the pleas uh, and demands, but as the steadily diminishing water supplies had caused war, after war, after war, they relented. And that gets a single period and not three. From the pun line temples uh, had come a steady flow of Ghastly weapons Weapons that left Laura's city shattered Piles of rubbish To be covered By the drifting sands. Weapons uh, That had destroyed forever The once flourishing culture That might have saved the world From its inexorable doom The secrets of the past uh, Were forgotten Then there's like A space And then three dots And then another space And a lowercase Or covered with legendary dross Period But the wars went on And on Tell us new, staring out across the rusty sands, that Laura was doomed to a quick death. Oh, I mean, it would not come in his lifetime, uh, dot, 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 but soon, dot, 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 soon. And then the Tellurians, oh Christ, the Tellurians had come <laughs> to gloat and exploit. <laughs> I think the Tellurians are the most interesting characters out of this so far. They come to gloat, to steal the iron of the deserts and drain away the last of the planet's resources. Yeah, to their wantly wealthy world, exclamation point, even the lore of lore had given them safe conduct. Uh, dot, 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 on the basis that their expedition proved some of the temple's favorite dogma concerning the, the origin of the race. Weakness, thought Tellus savagely, it fills us as life slips away from our planet. But it would not be so. Oh, the ancient, dreaded Maldia would see to that. If lore must die, then at least she could die upright and untrammeled by ghoulish invaders. In sudden fury, ah, Tell snatched up his cloak and strode from the room. Uh, the jeweled glyph uh, of the water goddess, uh, Mother of lure, uh, gleamed fiercely eh, eh, for a moment on the hilt of his short sword and the feeble light as Telus sought the long winding ramp that led to the lower levels of the audience chamber of the Lore of Lore. Ah, along the endless corridors, F-lit, Ugh. And lined with rigid guardsmen, Lord Tellus of Lars made his way. Underfoot, the ever-present drift of reddish uh, sand gritted as he walked, turning into the main passageway that led to the inner courtyard. Tellus, yeah, heard the sound of his name, dot, 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 softly spoken, but demanding. Stopping, he looked about him. A dark-robed figure beckoned him uh, from the shadow of a huge stone buttress. It was Gorla. First cycle priest at the temple, first cycle, and Tellus' long-standing friend at court. His eyes were somber in his round, good-humored face. I have uh, met you just in time. You're on your way to see Lore, friend Telus. Uh, Telus nodded, of course. I am uh, already keeping him waiting. I'll, I'll see you in the morning, friend Glor- Gorla. <laughs> God... He made a move to slip by the young priest and be on his way. I, I I'm tellus. Gorla's voice was suddenly sharp. You are about to speak, uh, the Lord, to break his word to the outlanders. Are you not? Tellus' eyes narrowed. Uh, perhaps. Well, Gorla laid a hand on his arm. Tellus, I have known you for many hads. H-A-A-D-S. I'm dying inside right now. Reading this. Is a it's just a wasteland. It's a hell on earth. As children, now we play together on the fields of Lars Ha ha ha! Believe me, I wish nothing but the best for you. Why are you, why are you involved with this bloodthirsty madness of the Maldia? Well, Tellus withdrew his arm as though the priest had stung him. Only the strength of his lifelong friendship kept him from striking Gorla. Oh, jeez, uh, that's his first reaction. Uh, the, for the priest's words had hit a, a deep-seated prejudice. The Maldia was of the nobility, and Gorla was a commoner. Gorla went on slowly, emphasizing his words carefully. Oh, I thought it was a woman for some reason. I don't know why Gorla seems like a feminine name to me. I have no idea what's going on. Dorlis God knows of your plan to break the Lord's pledge and uh, attack the Terulean camp. Oh, that whole sentence. Tellus stiffened. How was it possible? He had told no one. Oh, the priest divined his thoughts. Uh, the temple has ways. Tell us of knowing such things. The, the, the Maldia can bribe a guard. Space, dot, 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 space. And the temple can bribe him again. You should have thought of that tonight. Tell us drew himself back. So, now uh, you're foolish, my friend. And it is the duty of the temple to see that Lar does not suffer for your foolishness. The Maldia, has uh, a, a fearful thing. Uh, a creation of senseless hate. Uh, why, why do you hate the Terulians? Have you, have you never seen one? Uh, they're but men, um, like ourselves, and they bring gifts of great promise to Lar. It is not fit that such as you should be joined with a renegade like Prince Brand. Uh, a craven and lying usurper, and for the purpose of attacking those who have come across to seek knowledge and friendship, exclamation point, Telus pondered what Gola had said about brand was largely true the the man was untrustworthy and uh hmm, eh, underhanded uh, a blind seeker of power, but uh, prejudices of caste and upbringing were too much to combat and to Renique now would be uh, to mark himself a coward in a world that lived by the sword. It was unthinkable. You, Gorla Tellus said pointedly, should limit yourself to scientific and theological matters and leave matters of state and policy to those better equipped to handle them. Oh, oh, Gorilla shook his head sadly. Foolish friend. Then his voice took on an unmistakable tone to command. In. in the name of... And by the authority of the temple, I demand that you abandon your projected attack on the Terulian camp. Well, Telus threw his head back and laughed. <laughs> demand, is it? I know of no plan to attack the foreigners, friend, priest, now or in the future. Now, kindly step aside. I cannot make the lore of lore wait on me while I argue senseless points with you and four dots. I gotta stop pointing out these dots. The dots are... excessive. Gorla! Oh, sound defeated. uh, uh, Then you refuse? Talus frowned at his friend. Of course I refuse. And you may carry that message back to Doorless, if there is such a place... With that, he turned away, uh, but not before Gola laid his hand on Telus's arm. I keep forgetting it's a man, and said, uh, "Then forgive me, old friend." Four dots. Telus wondered at what. Uh, "Forgive, forgive what?" Then other matters forced that question from his mind. So the temple knew of Maldia's plan to massacre the aliens. To what extent? He wondered. Would the temple go in, striving for its own inscrutable purpose to save the trillion scientists, and, and why? In spite of himself, Telus could not suppress a shudder, for the temple was powerful, perhaps the most powerful thing remaining on the desiccated planet of Lore. The ancient order of the temple of priests dated to far before the Ten Water Wars (laughs) and had to devastate the globe with their atomic fury. Its beginnings were lost in the dim myths of antiquity, even antiquating Oh, we gotta find out with anti dating. Anti dating? I don't know if I've heard this word before. An example or instance or sense of a word, phrase, etc., at an earlier date than previously known or recorded. Now well, that didn't help me at all. Uh, the building of the waterways. The membership was perhaps the one body selected for any purpose on lore without consideration of family or background. And this fact accounted for the fierce loyalty of such uh, able young commoners as Gorla. All the long wars and struggle for survival had destroyed much of the ancient science and what remained lay within the jurisdiction of the temple. As it so often happens at times of great stress science of the world of lore had taken on the vestments of religion in order to survive a benevolent scientific hierarchy the priests of the seven cycles uh, spent their cloistered hours delving into the great knowledge of the ancients uh, seeking the answers to riddles solved long ago and forgotten in the fratricidal wars that were the direct result of the dwindling water supply. Ostensibly, the temple conducted the worldwide worship of the water goddess. Oh, it's all coming together now. Now that we got a little backstory, maybe the water wars and the water goddess uh, doesn't seem so ridiculous. Eh, no, it still does. Principal deity in the Lorian pantheon, but actually the priests were scientists striving frantically to salvage what little they could for the wreckage of the ancient civilization on a doomed and quarrelsome planet. All this, Talus of Lars knew only vaguely. Nah, he's a soldier, and a little concerned with the ins and outs of scientific theocracy of the of the temple, as life up to now had been spent largely in wars and tourneys. Uh, in th- ooh, ooh. In lovemaking and the less extracted pastimes of the hedonist, (laughs) only the coming of the Terulians had stirred him to uh, take a more direct part in the doings of the court circles, for above all, he loved lore. And in the outlanders, Tellus saw the final, insupportable insult to his beloved, prostrate home world. The government of lore lore, and of the temple seldom clashed, Uh, even remained within its proper sphere, and both were content... But into this particular age-old arrangement, the Terulian spaceship had fallen like a disrupting bolt from the sky, and men, men like the men of Lore, had emerged from the vessel, uh, seeming to prove the temple's much-doubted hypothesis that both Lore and the planet the aliens called Terra had been colonized by a great race of interstellar travelers. How much more could be proved or done with the Terulean's aid remained to be seen. The temple was already calling them the, the Redeemers of Lore, and through the good offices a of safe conduct had been granted by the Lord of Lore himself. They had come seeking iron. They wanted to mine and later perhaps colonize though Lore was uncomfortable with them, but this the Maldio found unthinkable The Teruleans were barbarians and the ancient nobles of Lore raged at their institution. I'm getting bored, so that's why I'm trying to plow through this. There's got to be a point to this story so far. We're just getting a lot of backstory from people with just stupid names. Now yeah, he found himself among the objectors, oh, here we go, for many hands, lore had known of its approaching doom and wished to die, Tellus thought, if he lived to be proud and unconquered, the two aliens would outsiders would place on the ba- uh, face of the lore, and it was Tellus' intention to drive them into his way to destroy them, uh, for he had been chosen leader of the attack the Maldia, planned him out in the morning. Already agents had been sent out to agitate among the degenerate tribes of the desert, the cannibal Guski Guski, and the Maldia were assured of at least 4,000 tribesmen in arms to return for the food, By the power of the Maldia, 500, uh, uh, Sith-mounted nobles added to the mass gusky seemed to be more enough to handle scientific expeditions in space. Now! As he left the guest wing of the palace, oh, finally we're back to the story again, and strode across the dark courtyard, separated him from the household quarters of the ruler's family, tellus smiled to himself. Oh, the intruding Terrillians uh, were due uh, for shock, <laughs> and their safe conduct would be voided within an hour, and lore would be free of them before the sun set again. Now He's almost across the yard and into the gate of the household wing when something made him pause. Uh, He had the feeling of being watched, followed. His sharp eyes swept the whole of the courtyard, and it was walled and heavily planted with desert shrubs so that the inspection told him nothing. He shrugged, turned again uh, toward the gate. One step he took... And no more. Uh, from overhead came the low whirring of an air sled's uh, air sled idling motor, and he stopped short, uh, searching the sky for, for the craft. A sled in the air, low over Laura's palace at this time of night, could mean nothing good. The, the sharp clank of metal behind him made him swing around, his, his sword hissing from its scabbard. Uh, three hooded figures were almost upon him, uh, naked steel uh, in their hands. Uh, Tellus thought wildly of calling for aid, and then he realized that these men would never dare attack him if they had not either bribed or killed the household guards. Instinctively, he thought a brand. Uh, was this the Renegade's doing? Oh, by killing him and spiriting his body away, Brand could contend before the Maldia that Tellus had lost courage at the last moment fled rather than lead them in an overt act against the Terulians. There was uh, no more time for, for uh, thought, for the three men were upon him. Oh, he slipped his second f- sword free and, and stood facing them. Oh, he's double sorted right now. This is getting hot. Is searching for some hint as to their identity overhead the air sled air sled out of all these dumb names he couldn't come up with something better than air sled hovered waiting with a cry tellus lunged forward and caught one of the attackers on his point the man doubled up and fell to his knees as his two companions closed in the the courtyard now echoed the ring of steel on steel and the labored breathing of men fighting. (laughs) This is kind of weirdly erotic. Is Is this the erotic part yet? The romance part? Tell us, I fought fiercely. He was fighting for his life, and for what was even more important on lore, his honor as a warrior. As blade wove a deadly glittering web in the darkness, but his two assailants closed in steadily. The whirring sound of the air sled, ugh, was nearer now, and Telus glanced upward to see if he could uh, catch a glimpse of the aircraft. His heart sank. The ship was a dark blot across the stars. You could see that a rope ladder, a rope ladder, <laughs> with all this technology, got a rope ladder, guys, we're good, hung down into the court, and more men were pouring down, swords in hand. Desperately, Tellus pressed forward, trying to rush the attackers to gain brief respite. Uh, on one of the men, uh, feigned in the low lines and followed a thrust in his head. He caught Tellus in a glancing blow uh, on the temple and set the stars to dance before his eyes. The fellow rushed in eagerly, and Tellus heard his companion hiss. Careful, you fool. Tellus, attack stalled under the concerted rush of the masked men. He was forced to retreat until his bare back touched the roughness of the court wall, and there he could no further retreat. Yeah, that's how walls work. The assailants separated now so that Talus was forced to strike wildly from side to side to avert being hit. His sword made a, a glittering arc as he parried a near thrust, and a lightning repost pierced uh, the sword arm of the nearest attacker. Uh, before the others uh, who had dropped, from the sled, could close in on him, tell us world, Ah, and ran along the base of the wall. Well, there you go. And if he could reach the gate of the household wing, he would be safe, for no assassins would dare follow him into the inner sanctum of the lore himself. He heard a voice uh, shouting hoarsely into the darkness, and the other voices, (laughs) that was a weird way of pronouncing that, replying angrily, impatiently, "Uh, eh, we have lost him the devils wounded Marl and Varro. Find him, you fools. Uh, He must be taken. Tellus ran breathlessly along the wall, hoping he has hope that the gate would not be covered. And it was a vain hope. That's my cat. Well, thanks to the power of editing and the magic of podcasting, you didn't have to endure the last 15 minutes of me cleaning up the mess that the cat just made. As he broke out of the shrubbery, the shouts began again. Is this the longest book I've ever read? I feel like this is the longest book I've ever read. The shouts began again, again, and he was forced to retreat into the shelter of a towering desert plant. He waited there, breath coming in long, rasping gasps, and his head singing for the blow he had taken. Uh, with pouring heart, he listened to the attackers beating the brushes for him and shouting commands and advice to one another. They have the ability to have ships that can hover in the sky But they still need rope ladders, and they don't have any technology to see through bushes, so they have to beat bushes to get him to come out, like he's a rabbit. More men must still be coming down from the air sled, for there were fully ten in the dark courtyard. Now, hey, it can't have gotten far. Uh, See that gate is covered. Uh, How the young devil does fight. Pierce that bush there. I saw something move. (laughs) Why do they have swords? If it's this... All right, I'm moving on. Why not laser? They have floating... Sh- I'm going to stop. Tellus tried to smother his labored breathing. As it drew, uh, the group drew nearer to his hiding place, his hands cradled his two swords lovingly. Oh, yeah, this is the sexy part. As the searcher spread out into the semicircle and moved steadily toward him, Tellus uh, tensed himself to leap. Within seconds... They would be upon him and assassins on lorch or no mercy, particularly to uh, one who had wounded two of their craft. He doubled his legs under him and waited. Ah, there he is. Tellus burst from his hiding and braced himself for the rush. His back was once again against the wall. and this time, he knew there would be no escape. A glittering circle of naked swords. Again, this is the romantic part. Okay, I got it. It's very clear to me. Uh, surrounded him and lashed out furiously, driving the attackers back by the main force of his charge. Oh, I am just moist. Why don't we take a break and, uh, and retire? After reading this, I'm sure we're both worked up. Let's retire back up to the master bedroom. Uh, you just can just relax up there. We can have a little fun, a little fuss and fight, as I read to you the newest upcoming romance literature from Penguin Random House Books. Hold on. Here I come. All right. Oh, wow. Look at you. Oh, that's a silky little thing you're wearing. (laughs) You look great sitting there. Oh, cat-like on my uh, silk master uh, bed in the master bedroom. I don't know. Screwed that up. Still romantic, whatever you're doing. But I don't want you to wear that because that's not the theme of what we're doing right now. I want you to put on this cool visor uh, a shirt that says, uh, I love Minnesota right. We're gonna to go to the Mall of America We're taking a road trip uh, With the book Road Trip By Beth O'Leary uh, About road trip Now nah, two exes Reach a new level Of awkward <laughs> When they're forced To take a road trip Together This endearing And uh, humorous novel By the author Of the international Bestseller The Flatshare uh, What if the end Of the road Oh It's just the beginning. That's a nice little twist. Four years ago, Dylan and Addie fell in love under the province sun. Wealthy Oxford student Dylan was staying at his friend's cherries. Enormous, uh, is it cherry? Probably sherry. I'm going to roll tonight. Uh, French villa. Well... Wild child Addie was spending her summer uh, as the on-site caretaker. Two years ago, their relationship officially ended, and they haven't spoken since. Today, Dylan and Addie's lives, oh, they collide again. It's the first day before Sherry's wedding... Ed, Addie and Dylan crashed cars at the start of the journey there. Oh, boy. The car Dylan was driving, oh, it's wrecked. And the wedding is in rural Scotland. This is just all over the place. He'll never get there in time by public transport. So, along with Dylan's best friend... Addie's sister and uh, a random guy from Facebook who needed a ride, they squeeze into a space-challenged mini and set off across Britain, cramped into the same space. Dylan and Addie are forced to confront the choices they made that tore them apart and ask themselves whether that final decision was the right one after all. So that's Road Trip. Uh, The cover of the book's got a guy uh, wearing a white T-shirt tucked into his shorts and uh, he's got his shorts, the khaki shorts, rolled up on the bottom. So he seems like a cool guy, Hey, holding a cell phone. And the woman uh, is wearing bib overalls and like a like a 1990s baby tee. So that kind of gives you a, a good vibe for what this story's like. Uh, well, so it's by Beth O'Leary, and it's coming out June 1st. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, uh, IndieBound, Powell's Target, and Walmart. Well, I'm sure this part's going to be confusing for you. I spent the first half of my episode uh, complaining about the Ladies Fright podcast, uh, and now I'm going to play their promo. Why? Uh, I like their show. Uh, I don't like how they make fun of how I talk, but I do like their show, and I genuinely listen regularly. So here's a promo they were nice enough to give me. So when you're done listening to my show, uh, definitely go over and check them out. Yes, it's Ladies Fright. We tell spooky stories and try to figure out what about them makes them so scary. Using personal anecdotes, psychology, and sociology, Lauren, Maggie, and Jackie dive into urban legends, ghost stories, and other tales that give us a good fright. Because this is Ladies Fright. Oh, what a fright. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on with me in this episode? I guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm just feeling fussy. Then it was that uh, a stray beam of light from the closely guarded gate caught a jeweled glyph on the harness of one of the assassins, and Tellus' heart froze. The insignia was the sword and Adam, <laughs> the ensign of the secular guard of the holy temple. The disclosure was like a blow. It was Gorla rather than Brand who was trying to kill him exclamation point the bitter understanding seemed to sap his strength when he felt the stunning guns tingling impact oh they do have guns and it was almost a relief blackness came darker than the primeval night and uh, he felt himself falling now there's this is part two there's wind on his face and the air was bitterly cold. Tellus stirred, his harness covered him eh, only slightly, and his, his bare limbs oh, and naked chest stung uh, under the lash of the icy night air. I thought we were past the sexy part. From somewhere muffled by the roaring of the wind, Tellus could hear the familiar beat of a, multi, a multiple-pulse jet engine. Under his questioning hands lay the cocked deck, was a cock deck of an air sled, and he realized that the aircraft was underway and that he was lashing to rings in the afterdeck. With a shuddering sigh, yeah, he forced himself to relax, oh good, since his abductors so obviously had the better of him at the moment, uh, there's eh, little he could do other than watch and wait. For what seemed to be several hours, he lay quiet and watched the endless procession of the stars overhead. Finally, as the last effects of the stun gun's bolt were off, he lifted his head to get a look at his captors. In the greenish glow of phosphorescent light that emanated from the instruments on the sled's panel, he could could see two figures seated at the consoles. Uh, The dim light gleamed for a moment on an insignia. Uh, the sword and Adam. He had not been mistaken back there in the courtyard. He was in the hands of the temple. Oh, the nearer man glanced in his direction and seeing that he had awakened, leaned forward to speak. Uh, there was no surprise uh, in Telus as he recognized him. Only only a hot anger. Oh, so this is the sexy part. For the man was his friend Gorla. Telus, uh, are you all right? Gorla had to shout to make himself heard over the rush of the wind. Tellus felt his anger ooh, increase. Here, here was Gorla, who had had, had—that's two hands in a row—him attacked, stunned, and finally kidnapped. And now it seemed he was concerned over the state of his health and general condition. Exclamation point! It did not matter that Brand would, within hours, be convincing the gentlemen of the Maldia that Tellus of Lars was a faint-hearted. Coward who disappeared in the 11th hour before the attack on the alien's camp. Uh, What mattered to Gorla was simply, Tellus, are you you all right? Uh, Gorla sounds like a good guy. Uh, Getting nothing but a scowl from Tellus, the young priest sat back, a a half-smile on his round, pleasant face. He could well imagine uh, what Tellus' thoughts were about now, hurt, Pride and mortified anger were apparently in every line of the Lord of Lar's tense body. For hour after hour, the air sled, how how fast does this thing go, like 20 miles per hour, along through the smooth night air. The farther moon set and the madly racing near moon rose again in the west and, and charged insanely across the backdrop of the eternal stars. Oh... Tellus could not see his Chromometer, uh, but he estimated That they had been traveling almost all Night at the highest speed And sled could handle, which is like 20 miles per hour. The pulsing of the jet Was a smooth, oh, oh, continuous Purr. Oh, they were heading In a westerly direction. How does he Know that? And after a bit of mental mathematics Tellus estimated that they must be Very near the heart of the great Red desert and a long way From the capital. As he Struggled to keep from freezing, the young noble estimated his chances for survival on this strange flight. He found them dishearteningly slim. For some reason, the seemingly benevolent temple had intervened harshly and forcefully in the plan to destroy the Trullians, but it uh, should have been apparent to the priest that his abduction would not stop the attack. Oh, there are plenty of men to take his place. Brand, surely... Uh, Then why was he being held? Perhaps the temple did not wish that he should gain the sanction of Lar of Lar for the Maldia's plan. Uh, But why the abduction, then? Uh, Why not merely hold him prisoner until the attack was begun? Uh, The events of the night uh, showed a great deal of careful planning and organization. Really, was it? It was just like a bunch of people poking at bushes. Uh, Such things took time. And again, why? Tell us had a strong suspicion that in some way the great fondness that the lore of lore had for him and the correspondingly large influence he wielded because of it had more than a little to do with these strange and dangerous doings. Oh, five dots. Wow. (laughs) Things are increasing. Uh, The motion of the air sled as it slanted sharply downward interrupted his reverie. Oh, they were nearing their destination, and uh, whatever was in store for him could not be long in materializing. Gorla arose from his seat at the panel and cautiously made his way across the precarious, canted deck. Uh, what is this thing built like? It's got caulk everywhere. I used to paint houses for... Caulk it... I'm going to stop. I uh, brought his lips close to the young warrior's ear. Oh, here we go. We near our base, tell us, my friend. Oh, he shouted. Okay. I beg of you to be prudent and <laughs> to contain yourself when you are interviewed... The temple elders are wise men, and you will do well to listen and learn when they speak with you. Oh, back to four dots. I was kind of hoping there'd be an increase of dots over time. Tellus made an angry retort that the wind snatched from his lips and whirled away into the night. I know you're angry with me, Tellus, the young priest continued, but you've made uh, all this uh, necessary. Remember, it is for lore. He laid his arm across the prisoner's shoulders that Tellus could not find the heart even in his anger to shrug off. And the priest was smiling now, you shall see Dorlis, Tellus few laymen ever do. Ooh, Dorlis!' exclamation point. Then there was such a place Uh, The legends told of it, a fabled city hidden from the sight of men by some uh, mysterious power, uh, where the priests of the mighty Seventh Circle cloistered themselves to study the oldest ancient riddles. Doorless! Exclamation point. Even the name had a magical sound. It was here that the temple's finest minds were said to struggle in their quest to reclaim Lore's air and water from the sea of rust that surrounded them. Gorla squeezed the young lord's shoulder and in an impulsive gesture of friendship and returned to his place at the sled's panel. Tellus stared out into the night, his eyes trying to pierce the darkness. The idea of actually seeing Dorlis still enchanted him, and eh, even though he was thriving trussed up like a like a fowl for the slaughter and the experience promised to be a rich one. He recalled many arguments with Gorla about the probable existence of the Temple City. He had contended that invisibility uh, was impossible. In a world where they have flying ships and laser guns that stun you, uh, invisibility, it just can't be done. And Gorla, in his young scientist's enthusiasm, had covered sheets and sheets of vellum with strange mathematical symbols to prove that the light-shielding field could be created. Tell us, smiled thinly, "Uh, if Dorlis was near, it seemed uh, to be, then a light shield must surely exist, for he could see nothing but desert below in the moonlight. Oh, the aircraft trembled, trembled? well, I'm on a roll right now, trembled slightly as the pilot flared out his long guide with a breathtaking sadness. Uh, the stars and the moon vanished, and suddenly uh, leaving only a, a sable blackness around them. Down again, uh, the sled plunged. And after several moments, the glide flattened again. Uh, for a minute, uh, it hovered. It dropped sharply, and there was a hissing sound as the runners touched the uh, fer- ferric sand, and they were down. A company of temple guardsmen bearing torches appeared out of the darkness, and, and Tellus was freed from the deck rings, respectively but firmly. Uh, he was taken into the custody and marched across the gritty soil of the landing field toward a, toward a, a lighted gate. In the distance. Oh, the light shield must have been impervious to moonlight, or perhaps it was made of transparent during the hours of daylight. Uh, Tell us, nah, never knew, but they made their way toward the gate. The sun rose with its usual breathtaking suddenness. The thin air of lore precluded any dawn or twilight. And when the sun burst over the horizon, the transition from blackness to day was uh, done with with, with with shocking speed. Uh, it was a phenomenon that Tellus had seen every morning of his six heads. H-A-A-D-S, I hate it. But this time the effect was different, for never before had Tellus seen such a city as marveled as doorless. And... As though created in a trice out of the very stuff of darkness, Doralus sprang into being before his astounded eyes. The flood of golden light for the sun touched spires and the marionettes of, of an enchanted city, ooh, casting shards of amber light into the deep canyons between the slender towers. Unable to, to help himself, Tillis paused to wonder. Uh, his gaze found the great golden dome that housed the mirror of the sky, a fabled place where legends said that a man might sit and see the glories of the heavens reflected on a monster glass of polished obsidian, figured by the cutting hands of artificers dead over 8,000 hands. I hate this measurement of time. Talos had long been a scoffer. Oh, but here was proof. And farther off, basking in the warm morning light, there was the there was the fist of the goddess, a great spire capped by a mammoth sphere. This was the machine that the stories claimed could shatter even the smallest particles of matter and suck out of them the pure force that was the essence of their being, even as he had the ancients long ago. It was from a similar machine uh, the temple priests avowed that the hellish missiles of the first eight water wars had been fashioned. I can't get over that one. The terrible weapons that had left the once great cities of lore in molten, ghastly, heaps of slag, later to be covered over and obliterated by the steadily rising tide of rust from the deserts. And here it all was before him. Here was Dorless. City of the Temple. Stunned by beauty and overwhelmed by the nearness of the might of the ancients, the Telus stumbled along toward the gate. And for a moment his own plight was forgotten in the singing glory of seeing the fabled doorless, and knowing that there was truth in the tales the priests had told of the people who cried for life in a world slated for death. Surely, Tellus thought, if Lar can be saved from extinction, the workers of such miracles as these could save it. Exclamation point! The thought of Lar brought him up sharply. It brought back a cold awareness of his purpose, of the of the of the will to escape and rejoin the Maldia in its attack on the invading Terulians. Oh, the attack that should at this moment be underway! Whatever happened to him in this fairy city? Telus swore by the goddess herself that he would not allow himself to forget his duty. Surely, such wonders as these were not meant to be shared with the barbarians from across the void. The thought remained with him as he was escorted into the city and along wide thoroughfares, heavily traveled with Sith-drawn traffic, never really explained what a Sith is, where am I supposed to know, above an occasional air sled passed, but in the main, the city's traveling was done uh, on foot. Oh, that's quaint. Or by means of the ubiquitous Sith. Oh, here we go. They're finally explaining. A six-legged, docile, great-hearted beast that was the sole remaining animal of its size left on Lar. Well, now we know what a Sith is. Had to go in 40 pages, but we're finally there. Talus was taken first to the ante of the central temple, where he kindly faced Third cycle priest assigned him quarters. From there, he was taken to the tall spire apparently reserved for a sudden guests of the temple. Hmm, well, surprise guests. In respectful silence, he was freed of his bonds and left alone in a room such as he had never dreamed of occupying in his own border fortress, or even in the palace of the Lord of Lore himself. Uh, one curving wall was made entirely of glass. Eh. And it was faced to the city in the west and the desert to the north uh, so that the whole magnificent panorama stretched out before him like a framed picture and the furnishings by the goddess. He had not dreamed that the somber scientist priests of the temple did themselves so well. Oh, suspecting the presence of listening devices or or, or (laughs) peepholes. Again, rope ladders, lots of swords, and peepholes Amongst flying airships, crazy six-legged beasts. I'll let it go. He snooped. He found nothing. A soft canopy bed was waiting violently reminding him that the only rest he had had... Hate- wow. The only rest he had had had... had been the stupor induced by the stun gun. That's three heads in a row, no commas or nothing. The only rest he had 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 been the stupor induced by the stun gun. And a table laden with refreshments and wines stood in the center of the, the, the deep pile of carpet. Oh, what a difference from the stone floors and the draughty keeps to which he was accustomed. Recalling that he had not eaten uh, oh, ah, for some time, he fell on the laden table. And then, as weariness stole over him, he laid himself fully dressed on the wide bed to to rest and await whatever came next. Talus was a soldier, and like all soldiers everywhere, he ate first, uh, rested next, and was uh, content to await developments. In all the comfort that his surroundings could afford him, uh, for a prisoner, he thought with a wry smile, I am certainly being treated royally, uh, and by the goddess, how would I be treated if I were... Uh, Eh, hmm, a friend. At last, the strain of the night's events took its toll on him, and and the young lord of Lars slept as the temple city of Dorlis awoke to its many and varied tasks. The pointer on his chronometer stood at the 22nd hour, and the sun eh, was low on the horizon when Tellus was awakened by a liveried escort at his bedside. With a respectful bow, the man indicated that Tellus should follow him, and the young lord trailed through the door, satisfied that within a very short time that he would be before someone in authority. Here, his mind, oh, is full of thoughts concerning the attack on the camp uh, that by this time the Maldia must surely have completed, unless, oh, Four Dots, unless his disappearance had disrupted the carefully laid plans that had taken the secret organization so long to complete. In that case, agents would have to be sent down again uh, among the Gusky ugh, desert tribe men to instruct the chieftains concerning the later date to be used for the attack, and a different leader would, of course, have to be picked. Telus, oh, Telus grimaced. It would be Brand, naturally, and all the high officers of the Maldia would be convinced that Tellus had uh, defaulted, for they had no inkling that the temple was involved or, or that he even knew of the projected attack. One way or another, Tellus of Lars would be the scapegoat, dot, 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 dot. Prince Brand would see to that, uh, Tellus' guide led him out of the, the spire into the Sith-drawn car, the great beast... "'stepped smartly along its six-padded paws, "'soundless on the very moss of the thoroughfare. "'As they neared the center of the city, Tellus saw that he was being taken to the central temple, "'a graceful structure of alabaster whiteness. Uh, "'The guide halted the Sith before the temple, "'and Tellus alighted, "'and an attendant came forward to take charge of the Sith, "'and the escort motioned Tellus into the building. "'Oh, they passed the portal and entered the fairyland. "'What?' Entered into, oh, a fairyland within a fairyland. Okay, I thought this was just like another crazy name. Uh, For the inner rooms of the central temple were by far the most wondrous in all of Dorliss. They were paneled walls of the purest crystal quartz, faceted to reflect the light and enchanting beams of polychromatic loveliness, and the mosaic floors depicted in silver and gold, the scenes of historical significance from the long life of the temple. A thousand other things were there that filled the young warrior with awe. For mere beauty, per se, had long ago passed the surface of Lar, and only here in the innermost sanctum of the temple could such things survive and be cherished. Another thing, Terrence also noticed uh, though guards abounded outside the city, he had seen but a, but a handful within the walls. Oh, he remembered something Gorla had told him long ago, that science could not really thrive uh, against a militaristic background. And that was why so much of the ancient lore was lost when the planet became nothing more than a battleground. Plainly, the city of Dorlis had not ruled by force. And, M-Dash, a break for freedom might not be the impossible achievement that he had begun to imagine. Now, they were within a long hallway bare, uh, but for the crystal paneling, uh, from somewhere came the whispering of plaintive music. It tainted the air with a gentle nostalgia that found a strangely uh, responsive chord in Tellus. Yeah. And he was told that the sound came from another chamber where a priest was engaged in research on the sounds and their effect on human emotions. It had been so long since music existed on lore that even this knowledge had been forgotten. The guide led Tellus "'On and on, past the long hall and through many portals "'that opened up at last into a small circular room "'devoid of any uh, uh, sort of ornamentation, uh, "'in the center of this room a man sat at a table "'that rose in graceful lines out of the floor itself. "'He was old, comma, old. "'He was old, old. Tellus stared at the man. Gross. "'He wore the sable robes and the insignia of the seventh cycle.' Uh, the topmost top, most rank of priest-scientists. Recognition uh, came, too. The man was not merely a seventh-cycle priest. Uh, he was actually the high superior of the temple. Oh, the old eyes and kindly face and long white beard and uh, sable robe were the same as he remembered from a hundred, oh, my God, solid, solid eographs. Ugh. So angry. <laughs> In a hundred provincial temples. Tell us what have thrown himself to his knees before the spiritual head of the All-Lore, uh, had he not suddenly remembered that he was a prisoner here, abducted like any thieving commoner. Now he looked solidly around the room then, for the first time he saw the girl, a noble of lore, had plenty of opportunity to become something of a connoisseur of the, ooh, of the matter of women flesh. Mm, yeah, yeah, But the moment that Telus' eyes found the girl's, He knew that here was something special. Her hair was black. Oh, and her skin, fair. A combination seldom found on this side of the planet where bronze skin and brown hair were almost universal. Bleh. But Tellus had heard tales of such women from... Brother officers who had carried the lore's battles of unification to the southern hemisphere. Oh, the clothes, the clothes this woman wore were strange. A, a, a blouse covered her, where both Lorian women uh, went nude. And a and a, and a a short skirt descended from a harness. What? From a harness, not unlike Tellus' own. Her belt was hung with various pouches and holsters, and overall she affected a transparent jumper of stuff like flexible glass that covered from neck to ankles like a, like a chrysalis. Her eyes were deeply shadowed, and she, and she seemed either ill uh, or terribly disheartened, or, uh, or both. She stood in silence, a liveried escort at her side, to all intents and purposes, like a, like a prisoner himself, uh, for she wore no swords, uh, and, and to be disarmed upon Laura was to be a prisoner. Even the, even the peace-loving temple priest packed a full complement of, of, of weapons. Uh, there was an air about the girl that touched Tellus deeply, a deep-seated strength and, and quality, even though her obvious illness or discomfort uh, he wondered at her, at her crime—heresy, perhaps. Nah, he had never heard of the temple arresting heretics. Uh, the water goddess was more of a, a wishful personification than a demanding deity. But perhaps this girl was something special in the matter of heretics, as she obviously was in the matter uh, of beauty. But the explanation was not a satisfying one. Uh, there was something more uh, that it came to him, like a, like a sword thrust. and That's one word. Could the girl be a Trullian? Oh, was it possible? The intoned words of his escort interrupted his thought. Reverend High Superior, here is Lord Tellus of Lars, Captain General of the Lar of Lars Armies. This period, expected him kindly enough. I've heard of your know, guardsmen were injured and in, in taking young Tellus. Uh, how are they now? Oh, they suffered wounds. Uh, one critical, reported the escort. Uh, both will live, Reverend Superior. Yeah, the old man nodded. Yeah, it is well. Uh, then he turned to Tellus and uh, and he added, "How well you fight for your prejudices, my son." Oh, Tellus remained stiffly erect and silent, and eyes hard on the unknown girl. Yeah, stop. Stop leering at this woman. For the moment, all he could do was watch and wait for an opportunity to escape. You will be interested to know, my lord of Lars, that the high superior, mindly, that the the scheduled attack on the Terulian camp was not launched this morning. Oh, Tellus relaxed slightly. Then there was still a chance to redeem himself in the eyes of his fellow nobles, perhaps soon. Ah, but you're no longer a chieftain of that abominable organization, the Maldia, for which you should give thanks to the goddess. Uh, at the moment, your so-called friends are meeting to replace you with one Prince Brand, the high superior continued. Yeah, they declared at his instigation that you are a, 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 a coward uh, and a, a traitor. And those are the actions of your fine friends. Uh, what do you think of them? Tell us. "'felt a stirring of anger. "'If what you say is true, Reverend Superior, "'I have the temple and you to thank for my disgrace.' "'The High Superior looked reproachful. "Eh, "'Like the rest of your caste,' he sighed wearily, "'you are blind. "'I suppose it'll be an impossibility to convince you "'that your Maldia is doing infinitely more harm than good "'with its senseless code of slaughter and, uh, and more slaughter.' That is all that will ever succeed in bringing to our suffering planet. Oh, Telus held his peace. There was nothing he could say to refute the high superior that was not based on obedience to lifelong prejudices. And he somehow felt that those arguments would be wasted on such a man as now sat before him. Yet, I must try, eh, the old priest continued, to teach you the difference between rightful pride and sinful destructive arrogance. I must try to make you see that these Terulians you profess to hate so... Dot, 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 dot. That's four of them. Here, Telus's eyes sought the girl. Oh, good. He's back to the leering at her. But her expression told him nothing. He looked back at the High Superior. Uh, that you profess to hate so are now Lar's only chance for survival. Words! <laughs> Tellus said coldly. The old man nodded slowly, but true words, words that can bring life instead of death. Better words than you will ever hear in that uh, barbaric Maldia, his old eyes, seemed to bore through Telus now, stripping him bare of intellectual barriers and misunderstanding. We could, the priest mused, uh, turn you over to our psychologists and let them drive the "'Devil's out of your mind,' he paused thoughtfully. "'But no, uh, that would not be the same. Uh, "'You yourself, you must come to understand. "'You must be allowed to learn of your mistaken ways "'without interference.' "'Tell us,' frowned. "'Abduction, then, is not interference. "'We regret the necessity, "'but the lack of time made it necessary. Uh, "'The attack on the camp uh, had to be delayed, "'and the Maldia chose to act almost too quickly,' "'said the High Superior. "'At least we have uh, been able to cause a delay "'of that wanton act.' Now or later, said Tellus carelessly. It will come. Uh, And with it, death to those who offer us redemption in life? Redemption, asked Tellus hotly, his eyes full on the girl. Slavery. The high superior sank back in his chair wearily. I should have known, he muttered disgustedly. Well, uh, so be it then. You will remain here doorless until we are able to evolve some scheme for the protection of our friends. Uh, In time, even you will see that we act for the best of Lar. These other worldlings have narrowly averted on their own world the, cat- the catastrophe of atomic war that wrecked ours. Hence, they are no longer a warrior race. They have devoted themselves to science in ways that we will never know, even in the golden their technics, Their technics can be our salvation if we are only intelligent enough to accept their offered hand of friendship. Telus was listening with only half an ear now because he's probably still staring at the woman. A plan was forming in his mind, a plan of escape. Remember that the races of both Terra and Lar are sprung from the, ooh, from the loins of a single great transatlantic people. Oh, transgalactic. Nah, I was trying to make it all Earth-based, transatlantic. God, this story's long. The High Superior was saying, and together they might one day rule the solar system. Think of it. Uh, uh, tell us if lies. even the knowledge of interplanetary travel will be ours if we join in brotherhood with Terra. All the might of our temple, as uh, science could not achieve, that in the short hads left to us. But the Terulians offer it now. In italics, and the only payment they ask is some of the deadly iron that eats away at an atmosphere and drains us of our precious water. Think of these things, young sir. Until we next speak, the old man sank back, exhausted by his speech, and made a yeah, because this is a very long speech. Made a sign that the audience was over. He knew somehow that he had failed, and that other measures were now in order. Ugh, part three. An hour before sunrise, Tellus was awake and ready for action. He arose and dressed himself, broke his fast on the remains of his late evening meal, for he dared not guess how long it would be before he ate again. Oh, he banged at the door of his apartment until a attendant appeared, rubbing his eyes sleepily. Uh, Tellus made a long face. uh, I, I must see Brother Gorla, he demanded. The priest who brought me here, I feel the need of uh, uh, spiritual guidance. The attendant, a temple novice, showed benign pleasure at his words. Uh, Could I not be of service, my son? Tellus shook his head. The words of the High Superior have caused me to reweigh the values of my long and sinful life. Uh, Brother Gorla has long been my spiritual father and counselor. I, I must see him. It was not altogether a lie, uh, kindly of the old scientist's words had made him think a bit, uh, in spite of himself. The old man had seemed so sure, and Gorla had long been his source of advice and even companionship. Now, yeah, for a good five heads. I hate this measurement of time. The novice was disappointed, but understanding, and he departed to waken Brother Gorla. Nah, three-quarters of an hour of darkness remained when Gorla appeared at the door. Uh, Tellus met him, looking carefully up and down the hall to see where they were alone. Uh, How careless these temple people were with their prisoners. Oh, God. Okay, well, this is a good spot to break. Oh, thank God. Why don't we uh, retire to the smoking room and just, uh, just try to relax for a bit? Well, now the two of us have, uh, escaped this long, boring, and tedious story, uh, why don't we recap the chapter? Uh, Telus wants to rule the Lord of Lard. I don't even know anymore. I hate all the names and terminology. And, uh, and he's about to, he got voted in, uh, and Brad, or whoever the other person is, said, uh, didn't like that. He's a weak man, he's not a warrior like uh, Telus, and so, you know, good for you You got voted in On top of it, he's like, well, now that I'm uh, pretty much a winner uh, Let's start a war With these other people And uh, he's about to do that, gets abducted By people with swords Even though someone's got a laser gun Uh, And they prod him Get out of the bushes What are you, in this bush? They prod, prod And eventually uh, he gets transported up To an air sled God help me And then uh, he goes at the slowest speed in the world for a ship that can hover and defy gravity. Uh, And then they finally get to the magical city of Dorcas. I don't even know what it's called anymore. And then uh, they find, oh, it exists. I thought this was like a fairy world. And so then now he's being convinced that what he's doing is horrible and that the uh, Terrarians, or God knows what they're called, are actually going to bring us science that we need to fix our planet. And uh, so he wants to escape. And that's, I don't know, I guess that's kind of it. What's good about this story? I guess everyone's mostly naked. Except for the one woman that he can't stop staring at is actually wearing clothes. If anything, he's more aroused by that. Like, I can't, I can't see your areolas. You're just standing over there with your areolas all covered. What kind of mysterious witchy woman are you? And he just can't stop glaring at her, just leering all over her. So, I don't know. uh, I thought all the sexy parts was earlier, but now this woman, who either has a disease or is deeply unhappy, um, he's uh, just attracted to. So, uh, let's, uh, let's make her into an object. I don't know. I'm fussed. I've been reading for more or less three hours trying to get through this thing. Uh... What sucks? The book. The book sucks. The terminology, all the made up names and stuff. It all sucks. Uh, what do we learn? I don't know. That if you're a, a rich kid and you want to run everything, uh, there's other rich kids that get in your way. And then eventually, uh, some mysterious organization might steal you. That's all I got. I'm going to go to bed. Thanks for listening. instead of just a house nuzzle so I got Glenn Nuzzles so I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice uh and since uh since I think you might be cool you can always just email me directly glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com but don't uh don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork now back to business I can't believe I drank all of them already I've one left.